All right. Welcome to episode nine mm-hmm. of JK Not Really. Although it feels like episode one. Uh, feels like we're starting all over again. Yeah. I, I literally feel like we're starting from scratch because of a couple factors. So yeah. for one, we are doing this on video and you could actually watch us while we discuss our topics mm-hmm. with each other. But that's because we're in different states for the first time. Right. So it's like our first long distance podcast, but I'm also like excited. Me too. Like we talked about last time, like this is something we can continue to look forward to. Right. And it's just something special for our friendship to always talk and to even have this podcast for others to listen to. Which should we, can we do like a humble brag? Which I'm awful at, and I know you are too, but I'm not saying that. Let's do it. A little bit of a humble brag. This week, we surpassed 1,000 listens. That's insane. Which if you're just joining us on episode one, I think I said if 20 people listen, I'll be like astounded. Yeah. And now we broke over 1,000. Yeah, it's over 1,000 now. And it's pretty cool because um, the device that we have shows all the stats and then it has like the world map and we can see like people in London that are listening. I know. It's crazy. I'm proud of us. Just goes to show if you have been thinking about doing something for a while and you're scared, it probably means you should just do it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm all in for biting the bullet and trying it. And if it doesn't work out, you can pat yourself on the back to say that you tried it. Exactly. And it's not this like, what if thought anymore? You already know the outcome now. And if you want to continue or to stop. Exactly. With that, should we do a little life update? I think we should. I think you have something to tell other people. I do. So (laughs) I'm officially back to living with my husband. What a life. I know. I'm so happy. So we're moved into the first house that we ever bought. And we're in Tennessee. And we're really, truly... Like, it's just really starting to feel like a home. Like, we're putting the final touches on decor, and we're spending Mm -hmm. a lot of time together. We just got back from our vacation last week, which was really, really nice. But I'm finally feeling settled. I'm just loving the area. I'm loving the slower pace of life that we're experiencing down here. I just, I'm super excited. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. You even have, like, this glow when you talk about it, because I know it's, like, always thinking about it. It's like, I can't wait to order this couch. I can't wait to order this frame. And now it's finally all together. I know. I know. And I was nervous because I've never, I mean, my sister lives in Virginia, which I suppose is considered South, but I've never really experienced like Southern living. And I was really Mm -hmm. like nervous if I would like it or not, but I have to say that I'm really enjoying it. Like I said, that's about it. That's slower pace. I think I loved, I loved Colorado. I love Washington, but they were both pretty populated areas, like pretty busy. And this just has that small town feel. And I just feel like I can breathe a little bit and I have, we have our own space and I almost feel like going home is like an escape. Oh, I like Like, that. I do. Like, I feel like when I get home, I can just like exhale. Got it. That's really nice. Like your home is just like your safe haven, right? And that's how I feel. Yeah. And it's crazy to think about because like living on the East coast for so long, you're 
use this like fast pace, kind of like grumpy individuals. And then you go to the West coast and it's more like relax and chill. And then you go to like the South it's very, very slow. No one's in a rush. (laughs) I do struggle a little bit in grocery stores, but that's like the only struggle I've had so far. But I have, but again, it's a reminder to me, like, why are you rushing so much? Like, where's the fire? Like, what's the point? So again, just kind of almost embracing the slower pace right now. Got it. Well, I'm super excited to visit. I see everything in person. I know. And what's your little update that you would like to share? My little update. Um, life has been going pretty well. I mean, I just had my parents up here to visit, which was one of like the best visits that we had. So I'm feeling like a little homesick, to be honest with you. I always get that after visiting with family. Yeah. And it's such like a mental struggle because I can sit there and stay that I love Colorado because of the nature, the activities, the people. And I moved down here for a reason and stay down here for a reason. But it's just so hard being so far away from my family. Yeah, I feel that. And I, it, it's almost like every time I go back to the East Coast, I, and my husband kind of feels this way sometimes too. We're like, oh my gosh, maybe we should move back. And we go through that little bit of a mental battle, but then we kind of remind ourselves that it's not going to be like this every day. It's not going to be these big family gatherings every day where everyone could free their schedule and everyone could spend all this time with you. We wouldn't be doing that on a day-to-day basis. I think that's a great point. Cause that's one thing that I like kept in mind too, because like, essentially it is a vacation for my parents. So it's very easy going. We go out to dinner a lot. We go on hikes, whereas if they weren't on vacation, they would be working or we wouldn't be seeing each other. It would be like monthly visits, maybe for dinner. So it's almost like reassuring in a sense of like, no, I am where I'm supposed to be because even if I were to move back, it wouldn't be that much different from living over here. Exactly. And that's where I have to check myself and to state that it's okay to be selfish within my needs stating like, Hey, I want to explore more, especially that we don't have children yet. Like I want to do X, Y, and Z living far away and exploring the world. 100%. I hear you on that one. But I think, oh, were you going to say something? I was going to say, um, am I avoiding a little bit of an update? You are, because I was just about to call you out for it. (laughs) I beat you to the punch. You did. So So what's this update? Last episode, we talked about my Shania Twain debit card fiasco. Mm-hmm. where I unusually closed my tab, but left my debit card there, which from the jump we thought was abnormal, but we just said, we just wrote it off as well. That's what happens after a Shania concert, like whatever. True. So the first weekend, I think that we were, that I was, that I moved to Tennessee, we yeah. had visitors and we did Nashville. So I'm getting pumped. I'm like, I'm going to wear <laughs> the shorts that I wore to Shania because I bought them with the intention of these would be perfect for Nashville. And so I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm like, yeah, feeling yourself a little bit. I'm putting my white cowgirl boots back on. Like I'm feeling all the Shania vibes. So I pull up my shorts and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I pull up my shorts and then I literally just feel something like in my back pocket and I lock eyes with myself and I'm like, there is no way that this is happening. And I reached in my back pocket, lo and behold, 
there's my debit card. So it was with us the entire time, the entire like drama and stress when we were walking back, canceling all my cards, the Bank of America trip on the way back. All of that (laughs) was literally pointless. And it was with us the entire time. Neither of us, because why would you just thought to check your back pocket? I felt so stupid, but I took a video and I recorded myself and I was like, you are not going to believe what I just found. And I sent it to you because you had to see it. That's still one of my favorite videos of you, but it's crazy because like, I remember getting back to the hotel and going through everything and we couldn't find it. But then it's like, we thought that we did after. I I don't know. (laughs) We probably like tried to look for like five minutes and then we're just like, yeah, whatever. We'll just go to the bank. It's fine. But yeah, so the debit card update did not unusually close my tab and leave it there. I, in fact, had it on my person and I just forgot about it. Really proud moment for me, just continuing on with that entire moment. I mean, then again, it just adds another great story. That it does. So always check your back pockets then. (laughs) That's the the takeaway. Always check your back pockets. You didn't leave it at the bar. No. But how was Nashville like going out and obsessed? If you have not been, that was my first time and we're going again this weekend. If you have not been and you just love live music, you don't even have to love country. If you just love live music, it is the place for you. I always heard about it. Like my husband, his friends always told me how fun it was. So Mm -hmm. I was excited, but I remember there was a point where there was a live band going on. I like looked at my husband and I was like, this is the most fun place I've ever been. That is so cool. Is there a lot of bachelorette parties? I feel like. Oh, it's, it is swarmed. Like you just look out into the crowd and you know what more power to them. That's, that's an epic place to have a bachelorette party. True. If that's like your thing, like if live music, if country music, if that environment is your thing, then you should Mm -hmm. definitely go to Nashville. But I'm excited to take you there. I'm pumped. I walked into the one bar and the girl was standing on the bar singing Shania Twain. And I was like, I'm meant to be here. <laughs> I <laughs> Bury me here. Bury me here. I'm meant to be here forever. That's what I felt in that moment. I'll probably cry leaving the bars that night too. <laughs> Wanting to go back. <laughs> we will cry leaving the bars, but we will have our debit cards. True. We will. Never we're leveling up in this world. Yeah, we're growing. So should we, you know, you brought up, you just spent a week with your family. Yeah. I saw some family maybe like two and a half weeks ago. I had a big family weekend for my sister's baby, baby Mm -hmm. shower, baby sprinkle. She's having her second baby. I can't wait. And I kind of went through the fields as well because it was the first time in a very long time that all of my girl cousins were together. And there's like 11 of us and we're like, it's my mom's side. So we're super Italian. Like we call each other like sister cousins. Like we're really, really close to it. And it was the first time in a very long time that it was all of us together. Mm. So when I left, I was definitely feeling those like bittersweet, nostalgic homesickness vibes. Yeah. And I think I talked to you about it where I, we felt very similarly. And then we kind of dove into what that looks like when we're not on the best terms with our family, as opposed to when we are and how those feelings are so vastly different mm-hmm. and navigating those. It's a roller coaster. And for 
us, it's difficult to put boundaries up with family members because I feel like we're such people pleasers. And I remember you stated this, living far away enables you to do that, to put more boundaries. It does. But I'm starting to see like myself as well. But it's also difficult because parents don't look at you as an adult. They still look at you as their child. And I feel that a lot sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I feel as if because I'm voicing my opinion and it's not what they want to hear in that moment. Yeah. That I'm almost scolded sometimes. And I definitely know it's because they obviously, and probably always will on some level, view us as the child. I agree with that. And I can understand it. It's not that I don't understand it. It's just frustrating sometimes because I am allowed to say no. I am allowed to not make everything on your schedule every single time because it doesn't work for me, for my husband and I, for our family. Mm-hmm. But that's really hard. It's really, really difficult to set those boundaries, especially honestly, when your family doesn't do that often. Or when you only see your family so often too. So how do you set those boundaries? Like what is your, what would you tell your clients? What would you tell me if I was struggling with it, even as your best friend, like out of a clientele situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, essentially boundaries are a form of respect. And when you set a boundary and someone doesn't acknowledge it in an appropriate way, that's a form of disrespect. And do you even want those types of people in your life then? Even if it is family. Even if it's like family. Yeah. And so do you think there are going to be moments where, okay, you've kind of crossed this boundary, but maybe it's only, it happens rarely. Is that different than? it happens every single time. Like I know you, and I, you just said a great concept. Like it is a matter of respect. Mm -hmm. Where do you draw that line of everyone makes mistakes and we could resolve this and communicate and move forward. Or this has happened one too many times. And I either need space from this relationship or maybe this isn't the best relationship for me to have. Where do you even draw that line? It's difficult and for each person it's different. And I would ask you, how much is it weighing on you? Are you constantly thinking about it every single day? Then if so, it seems as if we need to make a change. Right. If it's every so often and that other person can communicate with you, then it seems like, yeah, you can try to navigate it a little bit better. You don't have to put that strict boundary up. Because I think it's like, it's a double-edged sword. In my, in my mind, sometimes I think sometimes, and I see other people do this as well. They like jump the gun a little bit in my opinion. And it's like, Oh, you cross this boundary with me. It's almost like cancel culture sometimes, but then there's the other end of the spectrum where it's like, Oh, you know, and I, this is kind of where I fall. They did it, but I'm sure they didn't mean it. And it doesn't happen that often. And it's still that people pleasing mindset it's hard to find that medium where it's like how do I advocate for myself appropriately in the way that I deserve and not do it just because in that moment I'm feeling very angry yeah and let me ask you this is it also because you have this like mindset well it's family we should be making it work 
Absolutely. I, I come from an old school, I would say definitely an old school town, like blood is thicker than water. Like that's your blood. It doesn't yeah. matter. And so as I've gotten older, I'm kind of like, mm, sometimes it does matter. <laughs> Which I completely hear you and you're right. Like it does matter. And one thing I've been telling my clients, so as a society, we put such a huge emphasis on a mother, as a father, as a sister, as a brother, as a cousin. But if we take those terms away, such as we're not going to label mom as mom and she's just a human, would you have that relationship with her? Exactly. If you take dad away from the father figure, would you want a relationship with that person? It really does come down to fundamentally do your core values align, just like in any relationship. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, but I definitely, when I read about or loved ones are venting to me about those strained family ties, I definitely feel for them because I mean, it's a process that I'm still growing in and going through. Like, I think that I only really started saying no a little bit was maybe this year and, and probably not as much as I should have, to be honest with you. I could always say no more, but something that I have to work on. But I do feel for people when they are struggling with their even like immediate family member relationships. I feel for it too, because I also do it as well. And then every time you allow them to cross your boundary, to disrespect you, you're just enabling them to continue that. You're right. And you, and I, I think it's important what you said. If you took the title away, would you participate in that relationship? Would you nourish that relationship? Mm-hmm. And maybe the answer is, I hope that the answer is yes. Right. I mean, ideally, I think it would be All great, right. but I hope maybe the answer is no, if it's a really toxic individual. Exactly. And you're just holding the standard of parents to it. It's like that because I said so concept. Mm-hmm. There's really not a lot of depth to it. It's more of a control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. But then I think that conversation brought us to chosen family, which I really think is a unique and fun concept that we've gotten really good at. Absolutely. I feel like it's a new concept for this generation of chosen family. Yeah, I agree. Because like, I can full heartedly say like your family now, like you and Andrew are a hundred percent my family. And same to you and Steven. I genuinely feel like we'll be in each other's lives in some way, shape or form forever. Oh yeah. Like when we have children, like you're going to be Aunt Jacqueline or Aunt Jack. (laughs) Whichever. Just not Aunt Jackie. I feel like I can't rock an Aunt Jackie. Aunt Jack is more. What state you're in at that point. Okay. That's true. I'll give you that. No, hundred percent give you that. That's true. Sometimes the Jackie can come out. That's true. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll just prefer Aunt Jack. That's cute. But Anyways, yeah, chosen family. I think that's the most important concept you can have in your life. Maybe if those familial, like blood relationships, family-wise, aren't in the best shape or you're just going through some tough times or maybe they're cut off completely given the situation, Mm -hmm. can you lean on that concept? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. I agree. And I mean- there's a difference between like, I have to be with my family because they're blood versus I have to be with this friend because she's just my friend or he's my friend. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas you can, go ahead. you can choose exactly what you want your family to be. Mm-hmm. And I think your friends, we've, we've said this before, your friends are arguably the truest reflection of you. Ooh, that's a good I point. think if you look at someone's friendships, like who they would say are like their core closest friends. Yeah. I think you could probably learn more than you think about a person. Absolutely. And if they don't have any friends, that is a red flag, my friend, and you better <laughs> run for the hill. <laughs> that's also true. If they don't have, and I'm not saying you need to have like 20 best friends. But, no, not at all. But you, as human beings, we're social creatures. Like you should be close to individuals. I agree with you. And if you're not, then something else is going on. Because that's a reflection. Why yeah. don't people want to be friends with you? Why yeah. aren't you keeping these friendships? Why don't, why aren't they even there? What happened? Oh, there seems to be a conflict and a falling out with every single friendship you've ever had. Hmm. What does that say about you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Those red flags, they'll get you. I know. I know. We talk about with like friendships and like in romantic relationships. And I really love the one um, question that we got to talk about or that we should be talking about. Yes. So we posted on our Instagram story, which Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, please feel free because when we received this suggestion, I immediately texted you and I was like, this one's going to be juicy. Like this one's exciting. Mm -hmm. And it was, how do you know if he is the one versus he isn't the one? which obviously can go for a girl as well. But I remember texting you and I was like, this one's going to be good. Yeah. So what do you, what do you say? What are your initial thoughts, reactions to, I think, especially with what you've been through, how do you know (laughs) when he's the one versus not I know. Let's, let's just bring it back. I know. Like once you sent me that, I was like, First of all, like my background in psychology, I'm already like, yes, I want to talk about it, but also like my trauma too. I'm like, I need to speak louder about this concept. Yes, you do. Cause you definitely have a seat at that table that needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, I don't think it's like an automatic, like feeling that you just get that when you know that they're the right person, I believe that it's a very gradual process up into that feeling of safety, comfort, and consistency. That last one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's not this lavish relationship all at once, like the highest of highs. It's just very, very natural. And for me, it was feeling like I can be myself and be loved unconditionally. And knowing that was very, very consistent. I love that. Because like, like what you just said, inevitably the highest of highs will only end up with the lowest of lows, like gravity. Oh yeah. Because that must come down. So the higher you climb with that inconsistency, the harder you're going to fall. Absolutely. So someone should be looking out for that, I suppose, in your opinion. Oh, absolutely. Like, I know a lot of people state we get into a lot of fights, but when we're good, we're really good. And that's just a red flag for me. That's a trigger, honestly. 
Mm. Because psychologically, you want to remember the good. You have that dopamine effect. So when you're at the low, you're remembering the good. So the low doesn't hit as hard and you're constantly chasing the high. It's almost like a blurred vision. Absolutely. You know, it's there, but it's not at the forefront. Mm -hmm. Or you have this reality in your mind that everything's good, or you have this picture of what it used to be and you're constantly chasing that. So when did you, or not when, given that experience that you had in that relationship, yeah, how did that help you evaluate the relationship you're in now? And how did you know that this was a completely different relationship. And it was more in that he is the one realm. Got it. I think definitely going back to safety, like I felt so safe. Um, I wasn't afraid to be myself. I felt like free. Mm. Which was safe and free. Isn't that the most interesting concept? Yeah. Safe and free. That's how I feel too. And I remember when people would say, like, how do you know he's the one? I would say, I just feel so safe. And they'd be like, well, that's not a good thing. Like, then it's like a, like a safe. I'm like, no, no, I feel safe because I'm allowed to be the freest mm-hmm. I've ever been. Yes. Like, that's that type of safety. I'm so happy that you clarified that because that's exactly, like, what I was trying to, like, portray. And um, I just lost what I was going to say. Oh, come back to me. Okay. It was, like, another reason. Yeah. I think when I, it it causes you when you like receive a question like that, it's like, do I know the answer? Like, (laughs) like it it causes me to be like, how did you know? Because obviously I'm married. I've been married five years in August. Obviously I found the one for me and it really came down to, we always talk about, and I believe in them, your love languages and words of affirmation. They should fit and like, be receptive to that, of course. But for me, it was more so, are you willing to choose to stand by that person's side, even if you don't necessarily like what they're saying, agree with what they're saying, or agree with a certain point of view or perception that they have, Mm -hmm. or perhaps maybe they're just in a really bad mood that day, do you at the end of the day say, yeah, every time, like, that's my person. I'm going to choose you every single day, day in and day out, despite the fact that you're going to have trials and tribulations, because of course you love that. Hopefully you're in love. The love is there, right? Mm -hmm. But it takes more than just relying on a feeling. So for you, it's that constant work ethic of the relationship. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for us. And that's my choice because of how much I love you. Mm. I like that you mentioned that because when Steven and I first started dating, I asked him, I'm like, do you believe in soulmates? And he said, no. And I'm just like, Andrew says the same thing. (laughs) I know. And I'm like, I'm the same way. You and I are like, of course you're my soulmate. Like, I feel like you're my soulmate. Hopeless romantic over here. (laughs) You know, of course. Like, I grew up reading Nicholas Sparks novels. Come on. 
But what he said after that made me really think about it. And he goes, no, I don't believe that two people just meet and they're automatically like in love and it's the best relationship you ever had. I'm like, okay. He goes, I believe if you continue to work at it every single day that you continue to show up for your partner in a healthy way and support them, then that's a soulmate because you can have soulmates with your best friends too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. When I asked Andrew, he said, it's, it's not as cut and dry as that. It's, yeah. it's not, he goes at some point, it is just taking the risk and taking that leap of faith because he pretty much said, if you know that you're both in love and that you both want overall pretty much the same thing out of life or out of That's each important. Other. Wanting the same thing. And at some point you just need to take the risk. And if, and that made me think, and if you're with somebody that doesn't want to take that risk and you do, maybe that's a sign. I agree. I think also a sign too, looking back at everything I've been through is, are you proud to call that person your spouse, your partner? And if not, what is that telling you? Another one, if you want children, if you can see that person raising your children, and if you feel safe and okay and comfortable with that. I agree. And I think it also goes back to, are they a good friend? Like even, are they a good friend to you? Right. I mean, of course it's a romantic relationship. Of course you're in love, but is that person your best friend? Can you rely on them in all of the same ways times 10 that you can rely on your best friend? For me, if those answers are no, I'm not sure if that's the right person. Mm -hmm. I agree. I also think if you're outweighing the good and the bad, that's an indicator as well. Or if there, if there is like that much of a stack between pros and cons. Yeah. Or you just say, you know, we do fight a lot, but we always come back together and we mend things. Okay. Are you fighting like every single weekend? Are you fighting just when you travel or just when they travel? Right. Is there a pattern? Yes. Is there a pattern? Red flag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think we did pretty well with that one. I mean, I'm never going to claim that we're obviously experts of anything. No, but I also think, I mean, it's okay to question things, but if you're really sitting there asking yourself why you're in a relationship, is this the person? I think maybe you need to dive into that feeling and go talk to a professional and really weigh out the pros and cons in a safe place. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. And really ask yourself all of the questions we just asked ourselves. Are you proud? Are they a good friend? Is there a pattern? Like there is a level of questioning that I think everyone deserves to ask themselves when they are making such a big decision with their life, such as such a serious relationship or a marriage or living with someone, whatever. And one thing I want to like state too with this is ask yourself, does this person make me the best version of myself? And if they don't, and I think you have some thinking to do. I agree. I think that your person or the right person for you should elevate you in every way, shape and form and should champion you and should be in your corner rooting for you, especially when you can't root for yourself. 
Absolutely. And for me, this was like very mind boggling because like in my past relationship, that was extremely toxic. I had the mindset of this person is making me the best version of myself because I completely lost myself. But my friends and family members were able to see that I wasn't myself and help me like reevaluate that. So also if your friends are saying, oh my gosh, you're glowing or I'm so happy for you, or you know what? I love your partner too. That's a good sign. Words of affirmation from your friends. Yeah. Or family too. Yeah. But I mean, love the question that we got. And I hope we get more because I really like hearing other people's opinions. Me too. If this is the first time you're listening to us, or if you have been an avid listener, please give us the suggestions because they excite us. And we want to talk more about what people want to hear us talk about. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I do for other podcasts. So I know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So I think overall, some of our biggest takeaways from this episode is you'll, I think there's a lot of different ways to figure out if that person is right for you, which we mentioned a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that at the end of the day, like fate and destiny and all of those divine paths, I think it really will let like land you in the right place. And you could speak to that. I mean, when you were going through what you went through, the light at the end of the tunnel was non-existent for you, but for so many people around you, it was the brightest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Thanks. Just, you know, those metaphors that I bring to the table as an English teacher, I'm just showering with, like love- showering with them all the time. Teacher Jack, I love it. I love your statement. She's entered the chat. Always glad she did. I know. Yeah. Listen, listen to your gut. And it's the cliche statement that your romantic relationship should be a breath of fresh air. You shouldn't be drowning. Love that. Mm -hmm. And choose your family. They don't always have to be blood. Choose your family, set some boundaries, over communicate when it's needed. Exactly. And always check your back pockets for your credit cards. Always check your back pockets. (laughs) forever. I'll never, I'll never not check my back pocket now. Well, thanks for listening to our episode. I know. What are we double digits next time? Holy moly. We should do something cool for double digits. Yeah. Join us for our episode 10 party. That's what we're going to call it. Even if it's just us with like a kazoo. (laughs) You cannot do that. (laughs) I might, I might have to now. All right. Well, we'll let's, we'll hear you guys later. Not listen. (laughs) All right. See you next time. Bye.